Note to self, no more setting up on a slope. It was wonderful staying at Betty's, and to be fair, she offered me a bed inside her home. But I stubbornly set up the alley coop on her lawn, never really finding a flat spot. I slid off my thermorest and woke up over and over to readjust until one strip of equilibrium materialized, and I finally dropped to sleep. Only to be awakened by a bird on a branch just above my head. He's been cranked up since before sunrise. I do love the exotic, but this guy? He's got a microphone. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like the small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-Rag shares the sometimes unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who don't really need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. I want to thank Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky's should be in your hands. Also, thanks to Belega, the makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the trail. I've been sharing the story of my thru-hike of New Zealand's Te Araroa with you on the P-Rag. And today, I'm in Ruakaka. It's near Whangarei in Northland, only an hour's drive out of Auckland, but still many days walking for me. Betty invited me to camp on her lawn last night, and then she calls me back inside right now to watch the sunrise over the ocean. From this angle, I can see all of Bream Head, the Mount Lion, and the coves and beaches I visited as I walked. The Te Araroa cuts back out to civilization right after the summit of Bream Head, but I followed the longer circular path, and I'm glad I did, getting the chance to have a private cove all to myself. I'm right back on the beach this morning, the clouds mirrored in the low tide's shellacked surface. I see a backpacker far ahead of me, carrying low weight and seemingly walking each step. So let me tally up how I've progressed thus far. I've used boats three times into the Waikari Inlet from Pahia, across the Unguru River, and finally yesterday, across Whangarei Harbor. Sure, there are ways to avoid crossings, but they involve long, convoluted roadwalks and hitching. A long through-hike with water crossings is part of the fun. Twice I've accepted rides for short distances, one past a closed section of forest between Ahipara and Kaitaya when Peter walked with me, and then just last night when Betty ferried me from the store to her house. But I really don't want to skip anything. I want to walk the entire length of this country and take it all in, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But other hikers who don't walk at all are using this pejorative term for people like me purist. (laughs) I think a better term would be thru-hiker. And those who skip, let's call them hitchhikers. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure they would not appreciate that. Shells are everywhere on this windswept beach. Sand dollars broken into triangle-shaped pie servings. 
flattened scallops that look like bare feet, and delicately fluted spirals. I polish off a bag of chips as a hiker marches past, head down, earbuds jammed in. She barely notices me, or anything, it would seem. I can't help but wonder as I slowly follow her who I'll pair up with when I'll need to canoe down the Wanganui River. That's a month away at least, and if I've learned anything so far, best left there in the future. A kiwi sets up a long line, shot up by torpedo two kilometers into the ocean. He tells me he sends it out, takes a two-hour walk, and then has enough snapper for family and friends. (laughs) Too bad I'm walking on. He also tells me where to get coffee ahead. I'm too polite to tell him I'm off caffeine, but I appreciate knowing there is nothing after the town of Waipo. And it is a sweet little place I come to. Little Red Coffee, where I order a beetroot black currant ginger almighty and then unload my trash. I remember meeting an Appalachian Trail through hiker when I was in the White Mountains. He told me he loves trash cans. <laughs> I understand what he means now, not wanting to lug it around. A sand blister develops on my heel, but I still have plenty of bandages in the pack. It's just a small bit of roadwalk, and I wave at every car politely, which somehow keeps them from passing too closely. Ah, a separated walking track. Kiwis I've met have told me that New Zealand is slowly building bike and hike trails, and here is a beautiful example. But it's only two kilometers long, and I'm right back on the road. Dangerous curves, fast drivers, and it's nerve-wracking. A truck whizzes past, and my hat flies off in a cloud of dust. Finally, I peel off and go uphill to views far back to Bream Head. Now I see how high Mount Lion is. No wonder I'm so hungry. There are no cars on this road as it winds up and up. Signs begin to appear, red hearts and arrows. Trail angels lead the way. They lead me right to Dragonspell, a kind of hippie commune meets backpacker paradise. The sign at the end of the drive indicates long walkers welcome. That would be me. So I head up for a look, even though it's far too early in the day to stop. At first it appears deserted, so I wander around taking in the ramshackle buildings with lots of attention paid to detail and fulfilling every hiker's needs. Comfortable bunks, a well-stocked kitchen with free veggies and eggs, a hot shower, spring water, a clothesline, and an awesome area to hang out. The caretaker Johnny finally shows up after I see that I need to ring the bell. He's husky, dressed in a t-shirt and shorts, crew socks but no shoes, a full beard, bright blue eyes, and the most generous nature. And I just quit without having anything to do. He offers me a cup of tea right away on his balcony, rolls a cigarette, and it's as though we're old friends just picking up where we left off. And it's like I tell him about all the good fortune that has come my way over the past few days, that even though I twisted my ankle and had to slow down, I met amazing people at just the right moment, and camped and swam in exquisite places I had all to myself. An American hiker named Nate shows up, not intending to stay, but just asking for some water. He walked another through hike last year, 
the Arizona Trail. And when I tell him what we're talking about, he says he's not surprised at all. It's the trail itself, he tells me. The trail always provides. I think it's just when you get into that mindset of like being a through hiker, all the trail magic and trail angels and people, and it's like you you really want like a cold drink and it's hot outside and you haven't seen anyone in like hours, and then you come to a road and there's someone just sitting in like a lawn chair with like a cooler, and it's like <laughs> good things happen uh, mm. and things you don't expect and like things that reaffirm. The reasons why you're here. Johnny rolls another cigarette, Nate takes off, and I decide, you know, I'm loving it here too much to leave. So I set the alley coop next to a picnic table in a field looking past bush to the ocean. I return to the balcony with food to cook for dinner when a neighbor shows up, a man who renamed himself Omra, a name that means the personification of divine energy. Are you married? Are you? I have been married 20 years, but now I'm free. <laughs> Omar is a German immigrant, okay. a psychologist who studied with a guru in India and specializes in astrology and numerology. No subject is off limits, and we talk nonstop and laugh about life, love, and how badly I need this trail to sort myself out just now. The distance gives you uh, that you can look at the big picture to, to see the meaning of your life, life the purpose of your life, uh, how am I living, who am I, what do I really want? And, and all those questions can be sorted out because every human being has a desire within to sort out those important questions. And life has become so busy nowadays that we have never time to look at the big picture and sort out those important questions. But the long walkers can, finally they can sort everything out about their life. So it's a beautiful meditation. The shadows get longer, and after covering every subject imaginable, Omra bids us adieu, and it's time to make some dinner. I suggest we make it a date and combine resources. Now, how is it that a backpacker has more stuff to share than Dragonspell's caretaker? I offer up pasta, salami, and cheese, and Johnny contributes fresh vegetables for a dinner creation only a hiker or a bachelor could stomach. Johnny tells me Venus is in retrograde, which means it's time to develop self-love. Omra earlier mentions the same thing. Without self-love, we have no identity. While this huge meal can fill us up, no one else can fulfill this most basic need of self-love. The stars come out competing with the half moon, and it's time for me to sleep, completely bowled over by today's beauty friendship, and all the serendipitous moments. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. Through sharing my stories of walking long-distance trails solo as a middle-aged female hiker, I hope I can empower you to find your own inner badass and learn to hike your own hike, too. If you're enjoying the storytelling, consider subscribing to The P-Rag wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, I'd be over the moon if you'd consider giving me a review. It really helps others find the podcast. It was a grand sleep, with the resident Kiwi singing through the night, accompanied by waves rumbling far below. 
I dream about a person who hasn't been in my life a long time, feeling that familiar, out-of-control reaction to him. But in sleep, I rewrite the ending. Omra and Johnny let me speak about not fitting in, wanting a group of friends, but finding being alone is working for me, even if I have to weigh all decisions by myself. I do have contact with Richard, so I'm not completely alone, but we are 19 hours apart. My confidence is building, and so is my trust that it will all work out. This doesn't come easily to this control freak. I traded the mostly known but beginning to be routine life I was living for a long trail that, even with so much information, remains to be revealed. Omra would say my subconscious needed this, even if it's hard for me. The trail begins in sun-dappled bush. Johnny heads to town ahead of me and puts up a keep-out sign at the end of the driveway. I arrived just in time. Traps and poison are set all along the track for stoats, weasels, possums, and rats, introduced species that have wreaked havoc on the bird population. It's a gruesome business. Possums have to be trapped live, then clubbed, but if they're skinned immediately, the prized soft pelt can be blended with merino. Well, you put salted rabbit in there, in the middle, uh-huh. and there's a trap on each side. And the stoat or the weasel tries to go, well, it's got little holes in it, in the mesh, they go in there, and the trap closes down on them. You'll see uh, boxes about this long, and then you'll see little black plastic things about that big. They are for poison. Mm. And then there's things hanging on trees here and there, and you can put poison in them for possums. Oh, you can't really poison a stoat or a weasel because they don't they have their fresh meat to go to. So. As I walk, I ponder why I dreamed about that sad chapter from so long ago. A man who told me I'd need to quit my beloved job and sell my house to be with him. I was so in his thrall, I would have done anything he said. To this day, I thank the goddess. She broke the spell and I was set free. Next to my dystonia diagnosis, that was the saddest period of my life, but one that forced me to claim my life back and take full responsibility for it. This path I'm on now reminds me of Colorado, steep with loose ball-bearing-like stones. Soon I reach a road, but the trail turns off, twists around, and lets me out up the road, which I have to walk right back down again. I could have just crossed it. Damn purist. I then meet a grumpy man matching my own grumpy mood. He's wearing a Bernie Sanders t-shirt and became a New Zealand citizen 27 years ago. I can't make out if he supports social democrats or that was all he had to wear. For a good portion of my life, I maintained a rescue fantasy. Fiercely defiant about my independence, though secretly longing for the princely kiss to awaken me to my true self. If Omra's philosophy is to be believed, the natural conclusion to my life script was that relationship that I dreamed about, one where I gave away all my power and lost myself. I'm pretty sure I'm not looking for anyone here, but I'm confused how disconnected I feel from other hikers and that forces me to look squarely at what expectations I bring with me. Am I hiking my own hike, 
or am I hoping friends appear, thus lessening the challenge and possible serendipitous encounters along the way? Just when you thought the view couldn't improve, it gets even more spectacular. Azure sea expands towards rocky islands, gnarled trees covered with orchids. Soon I join the tiny ant people I see far below on the beach. Scallops flat, heavy, colorful, pressed in by the tide. Then I'm off the beach again, a sizable detour around the harbor through the quiet villages and now loud, seemingly never-ending roadwalk. I'm hugely grateful, though, for a dedicated path that crosses the estuary where herons stalk, but desperate for the beach and bush. I spy a pizza place. Not busy, but the man behind the counter is impatient and lets out these heavy sighs when I ask for a variation on the toppings. So I give up and go to the supermarket. I look at the map and realize that I've officially arrived in the region of Auckland. <laughs> I'm still days away from the largest city in New Zealand. This just means I need to go to a different section in my trail notes. I also realize it's way too far to the camp spot I had in mind for tonight. So I sit down on the sidewalk in a thin strip of shade to sort things out, not at all in love with this noisy town of Mangafei. A Finnish couple with big backpacks come out of the store, and I say hello and ask them where they're headed. To the caravan park, they tell me. It's too hot to keep walking. Yeah, it is hot, and this kind of sucks. I follow them on and on up the road to a tidy park with RVs and tents. They're all in rows facing the massive harbor I spent most of my day walking around. The two set up their tent under the only tree, and I decide to press on, the lovely owners offering me a chance to fill my water bottle before heading to the beach again. The trail will provide. The trail will provide, I tell myself when a car passing too fast kicks up a cloud of dust practically choking me. The trail will provide. But what? I hear the ocean first then spy deep blue surrounded by peach-colored dunes. I walk over jellyfish like gelatinous magnifying glasses randomly dropped. Surfers ply the waves in thick neoprene. Three of them hang out by their cars and offer me an IPA, aghast to discover the TA trail veers to the center of the country after Auckland, missing all the spots they love. One of them encourages me to go for it tonight and just camp on the beach. The sand is compact under my tired feet. Late in the day, the sun now behind me sets off little diamond specks of light on and off as I walk, leading the way somewhere. This part of the beach, I'm told by angel surfer number one, is deserted. His uncle's is the only house on the way, and he's never there. But that isn't exactly the case. There are others on the beach, one just finishing up fishing in the waves, another too far away, moving wood across a path. I then run into a guy, with two dogs and a beer in hand. I don't ask for a beer this time. Rather, I ask if I might camp on his lawn. He says sure, but he'll be out for the next three hours. And then he says, why don't you search out the little house with no roof? No one minds if you camp in the dunes. 
The little house with no roof is on spongy dune grasses, not at all conducive to a good night's rest. But just ahead, I see a flat bit with mostly pingao and hare's tail grass, something a bit less spiky. It's idyllic here, with a setting sun behind me and crashing waves amidst a pink glow. I lope on over just as a couple comes out on the beach to fish. Excuse me, I say. Might you let a weary and very tired T.A. hiker camp on your lawn? Praise be to all believers in trail magic. They say, yes! And in a flash, the alley coop is up. My pegs going in easily, not so much into sand, but heftier dirt. There's an abandoned brick oven I use as a seat. Bright yellow evening primrose crawling along the crumbling walls. The ocean is my partner as I eat my dinner. Not every moment of today's long case was perfect, but it was all mine, including deciding to go for it when I felt the nudge to move. I knew if worse came to worse, I had all I needed with me. I also knew I could keep walking under the light of a bright half-moon. But here, right now, is the delight of all delights, the surprise, the unexpected, the gift that I was open to receiving. I want to thank Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the PRAG podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky's should be in your hands. Also, Belega Socks, the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. And also, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the storytelling, please subscribe and go ahead and rate it. Better yet, write a review at Apple Podcasts. Writing a review does help others find the podcast. The music you're hearing right now is me playing my flute from so many years ago. You can find the music on iTunes. You can also find show notes and more about my hikes all over the world at my website, thepeerag.com. Next week, I'm back into deep New Zealand bush, and I meet some young people along the way, young enough to be my children, who teach me about fearlessness and letting the day unfold. Until then, my friends, happy trails.